Hello everyone. Welcome to the Makers and Mystics Artist Profile Series, Episode 11. I'm Sarah DeShields, and I'll be your host on today's episode. Several years ago, I was finishing up my studies to become a spiritual director. During this time, as students, we were invited to discover a particular kinship with mystics throughout the ages, choosing one that resonated with us the most to introduce to the rest of the class. At this time, I was experiencing a rediscovery of my Celtic heritage as an English-born, Scottish-raised woman in the Christian faith. I figured I would choose a creative feminine hero like St. Bridget or Hildegard of Bingen, or one of the great saints of Celtic Christianity like St. Patrick or St. Brendan, whose near-mythical journeys had captivated my imagination since I was a kid. But it was the stumbling upon Johanna Scotus Eugenia that took me completely by surprise, and it opened up the words to speak what was moving like a riot within my own soul at the time. I was awakening to goodness, and Eriogena was my unexpected companion. Johanna Scotus Eriogena was an Irish-born teacher, Greek philosopher, cosmologist, polymath, poet, and mystic, serving the court of King Charles the Bald in 9th century France. He's one of the most underappreciated theologians of the medieval world, in my opinion, and one of the very few in his time to attempt to bring the Greek East and the Latin West into theological union. It's not clear exactly when he was born or when he died, and not a lot is known about his personal life. Only his writings give us an idea of his existence between the years 815 to 877. He's also known as John Scotus, but that often confuses him with the great philosopher John Dunn Scotus of the 13th century. Several of his manuscripts were signed with the name Eriogena, which means of Ireland, so Eriogena is what we'll call him. I was most drawn to Eriogena when I discovered that his theological work centered around the concept that we're all made in God's good nature and drawn back essentially into this good nature to be reunited fully in the perfect union with God in all things. This was deeply controversial for the ninth century, and indeed he was labeled a heretic, which is much of the reason many of his works have been lost. Eriogena's poetic voice married with intellectual clout in the public theological forum of the royal courts. Matters of predestination, free will, original sin, and many other tenets of Christian faith were being worked out through public discourse, and it was Eriogena who had the boldness to bring his poetic mysticism into the realm of the intellectual. He understood that our path to wholeness was a cyclical, mystical life of contemplation on the divine good God, resident both within and without the center of our deepest created self, not a ladder to climb outwardly for the sake of penance or power. J. Philip Newell in Christ of the Celts speaks of Eriogena and the Celtic philosophy of original blessing like this. The doctrine of original sin was a convenient truth for the builders of empire. They could continue to conquer the world and subdue peoples, and now they could do it with the authority of a divine calling. Part of the conflict with teachers in the Celtic mission was that the people who believed they were made in the image of God and were therefore bearers of an ancient wisdom and an unspeakable dignity were not a people that could easily be cowed by power and external authority. 
Eryojina's distinctly Celtic flavour is what set him apart from his contemporaries and what enabled his teaching to be both deeply mystical and deeply incarnational at the same time. The Celts practised a spirituality of a god that was both within and without all of created life, penetrating every root and limb, every drop of water, every flicker of warmth from the flame, Every meal and every memory was to be understood as a vehicle through which God was at work. The following words come from Ariogena's reflections on the Gospel of St. John. Observe the forms and beauties of sensible things and comprehend the word of God in them. If you do so, the truth will reveal to you in all such things only he who made them outside of whom you have nothing to contemplate, for he himself is all things. For whatever truly is in all things that are is he. Indeed, just as no substantial good exists outside of him, no essence or substance exists that is not he. As a Celt who understood God's presence permeating all things in the most non-dualist sense, it follows that Eriogena would teach from an inheritance that was deeply rooted in the reality of the world. It is in this tradition that Eriogena's affinity for the Greek East's mythological, mystical and allegorical approach makes sense and it is so important in his increasingly intellectual Western world. He primarily approached scripture allegorically as a way of understanding the ever-unfolding truth of scripture. In reading his work, we find many examples of this approach where the literal reading gives much wisdom and application, and yet he takes them even further to allegory where perhaps we may glean more of a shimmering truth. One of the most beautiful concepts that I have discovered through Eriogena is the illustration of Jesus as our memory. In his great and dense work, Paraphysian, he writes that sin was our soul's forgetfulness and that Christ comes to restore our memory back to who we really are. According to Eriogena, the work of grace is the uncovering of our true nature, the memory of who we truly are in the moment of our creation, conceived in the good heart of God. This does not mean that Eriogena did not believe in the reality of sin. He referred to sin as the leprosy of the soul, a real disease that removes us from ourselves. Newell speaks of Eriogena's analogy this way. Just as leprosy is a disease of insensitivity, of loss of feeling, so sin leads us into an insensitivity to what is most deep within us. And more and more we treat one another as if we were not made in the image of God. Eriogena makes the point that in the gospel story when Jesus heals the lepers, he does not give them new faces. Rather, he restores them to their true faces and the freshness of their original countenance. Grace reconnects us to what is first and deepest in us. It restores us to the root of our well-being, which is deeper than the infections that threaten our minds and souls and relationships. 
This astounding revelation of the restoration of Christ in us to our true nature is most unusual for Ariogenes' cultural context in medieval France. But a most important theology of wholeness was at work here, a theology that embraced grace as the central act of not only being forgiven, but providing a tangible path to wholeness. And he did it all through poetry. In Ariogenes' reflections on the Gospel of John, named the voice of the eagle, we are given the perspective that we are found in the cosmic Christ at the very beginning. And at the moment we are spoken into existence, we're drawn to ourselves back to the hearth of God's heart. Ariogena's work is vast, even as there were only a few volumes to be found. Deeply rich and heady, I confess I've not read everything he's written, and if that I have, I continue to grapple with what I cannot understand. What I do understand is that he spoke boldly of the good nature of God in a culture that needed a controlling God to function. He risked his name and the work of his life to pursue that which he held most dear, that we would all know we are found in God and God is found in us that God is everywhere, and we are in God. As you reflect on what you've heard, what kind of mysteries reveal themselves to you? What kind of memory might be restored for your wholeness? Could it be that you, as Ariogena so eloquently said, are a living theophany of grace? Thank you for listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. Stephen will return next week with the season finale episode. If you'd like to find out more about my work as an artist and spiritual director, please visit www.sierdashields.com or see the show notes of this episode.